11-year MLS pro Quincy Marroquois here, and you're now listening to The Perfect Soccer Podcast, where your host goes one-on-one to get to know your favorite professional soccer players, both on and off the pitch. Because how better to learn what it takes to become a pro soccer player other than directly from pro soccer players? Today's episode is brought to you by PerfectSoccerSkills.com, the number one and only platform you'll ever need to connect with and learn from pro soccer players. Learn more and enter to win weekly soccer prizes, goals, balls, jerseys, player meet and greets, and more by heading over to PerfectSoccerSkills.com slash PSTM to enter to win for free today. With that said, please enjoy today's episode. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Perfect Soccer Podcast. Our special guest today is JT Markinkowski. JT, what's up? Thanks for coming on. How's it going? Yeah, doing well. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, for sure. Uh, let's go back in time a little bit. So how did you get involved in soccer growing up? Uh, I think like most kids, my parents just kind of, I'm the youngest of four. Mm-hmm. And so my older siblings played and kind of they wanted to get me out of the house probably for a little bit when I was like five or six. Mm-hmm. And... Just kind of, kind of fell in love with it. Gotcha. Were you always a, a goalie growing up? I was on and off when I was really young. Yeah. And then when I was going into U9, I think there was no like goalie tryouts. And so I tried out as a field player. Didn't make the team. And then my previous coaches for like my U7, U18s were like, no, 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 he's a goalie. I let him, let him try out as a goalie. And then once that happened, made the team and then kind of, Never tried to be a field player again. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, goalies, uh, you guys, you guys uh, stick together, right? Yeah, goalkeeper union. <laughs> uh, and grow, growing up in Cal, you grew up in California, right? Correct. And growing up there, um, I know you were part of the San Jose Earthquakes youth team. So, how did you get on that team, and like, what was the process? Like, was it a tryout or whatnot? The club team I played for, it was called Mustang. And at the time, around 2010, 2011, right when Academy was just taken off, the administration side of Mustang was also the Quakes Academy administrators. And so it was kind of a natural transition for me. Like, we trained the same field, same complex. And so when I was in eighth grade, I want to say I was – train with my club team from maybe like 537 and then I would walk out of the steps and then go train with the academy team and so I was on the pitch for like four or five hours every night but you don't really think about it and then the next year I just kind of transitioned into full-time academy okay and um did you play high school soccer too or no no so the year the year I was my first year was the year they changed the rule to no high school soccer Oh, you couldn't do both? No. So before that, I think you could. But then the summer before my freshman year of high school, they changed it so then you couldn't play um, high school, which I was pretty bummed, bummed about because my brother was a senior at the time. And so I was uh, if I made the team at varsity, that would be pretty cool to play with him. But uh, I think it worked, worked out. So no complaints. Gotcha, gotcha. And then out of the academy, what was your recruiting like, uh, process like uh, for colleges? Yeah, so to be honest, I was mostly focused on California schools. I think 
just being from the West Coast, you kind of have a bias towards it, and you kind of want to stay out here. Yeah. And so I was initially looking, initially looking at Stanford, UCLA, and then beginning of my junior year, I believe, uh, I was playing Real Salt Lake, and I think the Georgetown coach was there. He just happened to be in, like at that game, and then he emailed my academy coach, and kind of the conversation spurred from there. I visited the school in uh, the fall of 2013, so the fall of my junior year. And I absolutely fell in love with it. Um, as soon as I walked off the campus, I told my mom as we were driving to the airport, like, this is where I'm going to go. That's crazy. And was that uh, a huge change, like, moving from the West Coast to the East Coast? Yeah, for sure. Um, it's totally different, but uh, I absolutely loved it. I think it was a good change and kind of made me grow in ways I didn't know I had to. And so, both on and off the field, I think Georgetown really helped me. Um, improve as a person as a player. Gotcha. And I know you you stayed there for all four years. Uh, what what would you say your overall experience like? I know you had a few Big East uh, championships too. Yeah, I was actually I left after my junior season, so I was only there for two and a half years. Oh, okay. um, but yeah, so I played three full seasons there, and I wouldn't change the world. I think it's a great run program by. Uh, Brian Weiss, he's a, been there for close to 15 years now, and they just won their first national championship this past season. And so there's no coach more deserving. And I think I owe a lot of my success currently and hoping the future to him and his staff, uh, Brian Gill and Zach Samuel, when I was there. Now they're both head coaches at other D1 programs. And I think it just <laughs> breeds really good people and really good players, and they have a great family-type atmosphere uh, within the program, and um, I think it's just a really, really well-run kind of organization. Yeah, and you were uh, you were named the captain your junior year, correct? Uh, my sophomore and junior oh. year. Oh, okay, so what, what was that like, being named captain of the team? It was tough. Um, I, my sophomore year, being being pretty young, we, we lost a lot of seniors after my freshman year, and just, I think out of that, out of those eight players, I want to say five or six went to the MLS. And so it was a big change. I think there's kind of a, a hole that needed to be filled. And to be honest, it, I'm not sure how how great I was at it. I think that year, my sophomore year, there's a lot of kind of trials and tribulations that went into it. But it only helped me grow as a, as a junior. And my junior season, we ended up winning the Big East. I want to say regular season and tournament. Um, and so that was great. I think it was it was so fun, and it was kind of re- rewarding after a tough sophomore year. Gotcha. And um, what made you decide to go pro after your junior season? I think the timing was just happened to work out really well. I was coming off the U20 World Cup in the summer right before my junior year, and um, almost everybody on that team was already, was already pro, and I was kind of leaning towards it going into that season. But I just had to figure out the academic side of it. And my parents have always kind of harped on me to make sure I put academics um, right along with soccer. And so I'm actually continuing to do it online during the summertime. And um, I think I'll do it for the next, next two years before I get my degree. But I want to say after my junior year, it just it just felt like the right time. Um, luckily, the earthquake kind of had an opening in that goalkeeper position. And they needed someone else. And... I think I was just I was ready to go. Yeah, what was that like? Only being the third homegrown signing for the earthquakes. 
yeah, I mean, it's, it was a blessing. I, for as long as I can remember, I've been a, a lifelong uh, Earthquakes fan. I mean, I remember going to their games when I was seven, eight, and kind of cheering those guys on. And since I was probably 15, I was, I've been going into first two trainings during the summertime when I was in high school. And so that helped a lot with the transition because I knew some of the guys. I knew Wando. I knew Shea. I knew Andrew Tarbell, uh, Nick Lima, Tommy Thompson. So I was going into a new environment, but there was a lot of friendly faces there, and they all helped me immensely with my transition and made it super easy for me. Yeah, and, and how, how far away are you from, like, uh, your home? Like, your home that you grew up in? So my... Yeah, yeah, my parents live about 47 minutes north of San Jose. Okay, gotcha. And so is there, you think there's uh, more pressure on you playing for, like, your hometown team? I don't know about more pressure. I think, I mean, I really, really enjoy it just because mm-hmm. it is my hometown team. And it's my, kind of my passion. My This is where I love, first kind of grew to love soccer. And so I wouldn't say more pressure, but I would say I have a little bit more responsibility to make sure I, carry myself at a high standard and kind of know there's a lot of people watching me and uh, cheering me on. So I don't want to, don't want to let them down and I want to kind of make them all proud of what I, what I can do. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. And I know, um, you mostly played in the USL right now. Um, I know you're, you're only 22 too. So, um, and you were rookie of the year, 2018 there. So what, what was that like going into your, uh, what was that your second or second pro season or no first pro season? Yeah, first first season. It was awesome. I those guys up in Reno, they they run a great club and really good players, really good people up there. Um, kind of similar. They made my transition easy. I feel like I keep on saying that, but <laughs> I've been I've been pretty lucky with the people I've been around and um, the people who've who've had my back and I mean it wasn't it wasn't easy to start because for the most most of the week I'm down in San Jose and then I would fly up for the game. So I'd either fly up Thursday or Friday afternoon and then play Saturday and then come on Sunday. And so I wasn't around those guys too much. So it was tough in the beginning just because there wasn't much chemistry involved, and I think the kind of re- the results showed that. But then probably seven or eight games in, I got really comfortable with those guys and learned learned quickly that the USL is a really good week, league and um, how to be up for every game. And fortunately, we're, we did pretty well the past two years. Um, but I think I owe a lot I, Oh, a lot of it to, yeah, Ian Russell up there. He's a great coach and motivates the player really well. And the guys in the team, they're, they're really good people. Gotcha. That's cr- that's crazy. You you train, you train with the, the MLS team, then you fly to the, the USL team. Yeah, it's not not ideal, but yeah. it actually isn't too bad. It's only, it's like a 40-minute flight. Mm-hmm. And so it's literally an afternoon nap, and um, it's really not bad at all. Enjoy learning what it takes to become a better player from professional soccer players? Well, how would you like to work with professional players one-on-one? Now you can with Be Pro by Perfect Soccer. Head over to perfectsoccerskills.com slash B-E-P-R-O to apply to work with our network of pro players today. And I know you got called up the same year uh, to the earthquake. So what, what was your first MLS game like? So it was kind of a whirlwind. Um, I found out I was starting... Tuesday morning and then Wednesday night we played Atlanta at home. Uh, I think it was on national TV or whatever. And so they were, the, they were the top team in the league at the time. And it was, we ended up losing 4-3. 
but we could have been up 4-1, and then VAR kind of turned turned the decision over, ended up being 3-2, and uh, it was kind of the story of that season. We often, we often kind of uh, were playing well, got up, took a lead, and then for whatever reason, just kind of couldn't close out the games. But uh, there was a definitely a growing growing pains, and but I learned so much. Played five of the last six games and playing at Atlanta or against Atlanta at LAFC at Seattle against Red Bulls. I mean, the, some of the top teams in the league, and it was kind of thrown in the fire. And but I loved it. I think I love that pressure. I loved being out there with those guys and playing at Dubai and um, in front of my family. It was really cool. And w- and what's it like um, playing for the U.S. national team? It's it's a dream come true. Um, I've been going to the camps for a long time now, since 2010, and so I've just kind of been. You don't really think about it when you're in it, um, but now almost ten year, ten years in, it's pretty crazy to think how far I've how far I've come and um, how different it is now than it was then. But it's it's a blessing and true honor to uh, put on the crest and kind of when you're standing there with the national anthem playing um, it gives you chills every time for sure for sure and uh, you ready for Quincy's five questions absolutely bring them on <laughs> what's the most important quality or skill that you feel has been the largest contribution to your success as a pro player Maybe I'm not ready for these questions. Um, <laughs> I would just say like my mentality, whether it be dealing with adversity or uh, not getting too high or too low um, about certain things. I think just trying to be as even keeled as possible. I've, my parents always say that I'm one of the chillest people out there, and so I think just kind of taking that quality and using it to my to my advantage during how I play or when I'm in the locker room or when I'm working out. Um, just kind of doing everything as best as I can, as hard as I can, but never getting too high, too high or too low about accomplishments or defeats or whatever it may be. Yeah, definitely. What's the biggest mistake you think most pro players are making? I would say thinking they've made it. Um, I feel like a lot of people, as soon as they sign their first contract or as soon as they play their first game, they kind of take their foot off the pedal a little bit. But uh, for me, it's kind of the easy work with getting here and the harder work is staying here. And so that's kind of my mentality and the way I think about it. And um, unless you kind of pedal to the metal all the time, it's you get quickly passed by people who are doing that. And what advice would you give a young player trying to make the MLS or a pro league? To, I'd say one advice I'd give is to know where you're weak at, but also to know how where your strengths are. Um, I feel like a lot of people either focus too much on the strengths or get too down on themselves about their weaknesses. Um, I, I think for me, it's it's a balancing act of knowing what you're good at, but also trying to improve every day at what you're not and kind of knowing yourself and holding yourself to a high standard and being accountable for your downfalls and trying to, trying to improve on them. 
What's something that most people think is true that you believe isn't? This is an existential question. Um, <laughs> I told you the Quincy questions go deep. Yeah, no, I, I should have been. I should have been more prepared. I should. I should have started taking notes. <laughs> um, we'll come back to that one. I'll think about that one for a little bit. All right, and this is this is this is the one that gets everybody. So this one's even more challenging. Is what is something okay. that you would move forward with if you weren't scared of doing doing and the outcome of it? I would probably say moving to a different country and trying to play play there. Um, I think you kind of right now, personally, I'm in in somewhat of a comfort zone being at home and being. Uh, living where I'm from. Mm-hmm. So I think if I wasn't scared of the outcome of moving to a different country, having to learn a new language, a new culture, I would. that's something I would love to do. Yeah, that would definitely be cool. Um, all right, so, yeah, we're going on some lighter questions now, off-the-pitch questions. Uh, who's who's one player that you would want to exchange jerseys with? Gigi Buffon. What about what's your goals for 2020? Become the starter for the Earthquakes. Um, hopefully, make the Olympic team and get us into the playoffs. There you go. And what do you like to do in your downtime? I actually love to cook. Um, my roommates will tell you I'm a pretty good barber as well. I like to cut hair on the side. All right. And I'm yeah, I've, I've gotten pretty big into reading as well. Are you uh, you reading anything right now? I actually am. It's called uh, Originals, How Nonconformists Move the World by Adam Grant. Pretty good. So it goes over, goes through kind of different stories of successful people and what they've had to overcome or um, what businesses, how they started startups. For example, I just finished, they were talking about War- Warby Parker, the eyeglass company, and how it was created by four college kids when they were in college and they kind of revolutionized the eyeglass industry. That was pretty cool. Gotcha. Yeah, actually, I wear glasses, so I'm pretty sure I know that website. I think you could, like, put your face on it so that it shows you what the glasses look like on you. Yeah, it's fascinating. Yeah. Yeah, and they, yeah. they turned uh, glasses that were normally 400 bucks into $95 or something, and so yeah. it kind of overtaken the market a little bit, and there was four college kids who started it. Yeah, I think it's kind of similar to the, I don't know if you heard of the movement watches. And they're like uh, yeah, the yeah, same absolutely. thing, like ninety ninety five dollar price point. <clears throat> yeah, I'm actually wearing one right now. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so no 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 free ads, but yeah. there you go. Uh, you you an audio book guy or you you read the book? Uh, I prefer to read it. Um, I did a few audio books from last year when I was driving because I lived at home and mm-hmm. so I used to commute every single day. And so I got really into audiobooks and, and podcasts. But now since I have a little bit more time, I moved down to San Jose. Um, I, I try to read as much as I can. Gotcha. Well, I know you said you like cooking. What do you? What's your favorite meal to cook? I love like green salmon. Um, try to try to try to keep it healthy, and so I like looking at new recipes and kind of just going off the cuff a little bit. And if you weren't a soccer player, what do you think you'd be doing? 
hopefully be in, be in the MLB, be a professional baseball player. Okay. Did you, you play baseball growing up? It, yeah, I did, actually. I was – I stopped, I think, in seventh or eighth grade, but I loved it. Um, I actually – I don't know if it's true, but my my arrogant side t- tells me that I was better at baseball than I was at soccer, so I absolutely loved it. <laughs> That's crazy. That's crazy. Uh, yeah, well, I appreciate yeah. you coming on, and uh, can you let the people know where they can follow you at? Yeah, um, on Instagram, I think it's just at JT Marcinkowski. Twitter, it's at, at JT underscore Marcinkowski. And so I try, I try to keep the, keep the social media updated a little bit, um, getting better as the time's gone on um, with it. But, yeah, follow me. Uh, hit me up. Message me, whatever it may be. Uh, I'll try to respond. Right, again, I appreciate it, and uh, best of luck the uh, 2020 season. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it. Have a good one. Quincy Marroquois here, and thanks again for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, please be sure to share it with someone you feel will get some value from it. And if you could take a moment to leave a review of our podcast wherever you're listening and let us know who you'd like us to interview next, we'll get working on that right away. You can listen to this full episode and more at PerfectSoccerSkills.com slash radio. That's PerfectSoccerSkills.com slash R-A-D-I-O. You can also enter to win free weekly soccer prizes, goals, balls, jerseys, player meet and greets, and more by heading over to PerfectSoccerSkills.com slash P-S-T-M to enter to win for free today.